Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're picking up our examination of the um, teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you see it all through the Gospels and the way that he spoke in parables. We're in Matthew 19, uh, which this chapter doesn't have a parable per se, but it has a narrative that continues on from some parables that we saw in the 18th chapter and some parables we'll see in the 20th chapter. And I want to go back and reread the portion that we covered yesterday, beginning with verse 16 of chapter 19. <clears throat> Set the context where you see what's going on, and then we'll push on to the end of the chapter. Here's verse 16. And someone came to him and said, Teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may obtain eternal life? And he said to him, Why are you asking me about what is good? There's only one who is good. But if you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. Then he said to Jesus, Which ones, you know, which commandments should I keep? <laughs> and Jesus said, You shall not commit a murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man then said to Jesus, All these things I've kept. What am I still lacking? So let me just say something here. He had said, I have done all these things. He wasn't being braggadocious or anything. He had done these things. Jesus had not listed off all the Ten Commandments and all the law because Jesus knew there was one particular thing that was distracting this young man. And this young man knew that he was lacking something. He asked it, what am I lacking? What am I still lacking? I've done these things. I've kept the law. I haven't murdered anybody. I haven't committed adultery. I haven't done this. Jesus answers him, verse 21. Jesus said to him, if you wish to be complete, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. So Jesus says, if you want to be mature, if you want to be perfect, if you want to have reached the end and be complete, that's what that word be complete means. He says, you need to sell your possessions. You need to give it to the poor. And you're going to have treasure in heaven unlike anything you've had. And come and follow me. The next verse, 22. But when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. So what was it that was keeping him? What was it that he still lacked? He was putting his faith and his trust in his possessions, in his property, and what he had. There's nothing wrong with having possessions. There's nothing wrong with having property. There's a lot wrong when they are your God. Okay? It becomes an idol then. As a matter of fact, so much of what we have, so much of what we do is actually idolatrous. And you say, well, how can that be? Well, it's real simple. An idol is anything which you give more attention to, more of your life to, more of your resources to, whatever it may be, than you do the Most High God. 
And when you start thinking that way, you realize, wait a minute, you know, even some of the, the good blessings that God gives us, we can turn into idols if we're not careful. Our spouses, our children, the blessings of having somewhere to live, of a job, of the stuff he gives. So what Jesus is saying to this young man is, he says, come and follow me. Set aside your treasure. Give your treasure away to the poor. You're going to have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. Well, the young man was grieved and he, because he owned a lot of property. Now, as I said in the previous episode, we don't know if later on he came back and did follow Jesus. I sort of suspect he might. Maybe I'm just hoping that he did. Okay? But we don't have an account of that in the Scripture. Well, verse 23, the account continues. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. You know, it's a little metaphor, a little analogy, a little picture, a word picture right here for us. And I've heard a bunch of sermons where and teachings where people wax eloquent about the eye of a needle being a passageway in Jerusalem, the wall and all this kind of stuff. They're missing the point. The point is this. It is hard for somebody who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven, to enter the kingdom of God. And it's interesting because... Matthew actually uses the kingdom of God, Theos, the word God right here. Most time he uses kingdom of heaven, which he does in verse 23. But here he says kingdom of God. The Lord is saying it is hard. He didn't say it's impossible. And he didn't say that there's anything wrong with being rich. He did not say that if you're poor, it's going to be easier for you to enter into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. No, no. What he's saying is the rich man depends upon his resources for everything in life. And thinks he sort of arrived because of the resources and everything like that. And it makes it very difficult. You cannot rest upon your resources and enter the kingdom of God. Now, verse 25. When the disciples heard this, they were very astonished and said, Then who can be saved? And Jesus, looking at them, said this. With people, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So what is Jesus saying? He says, it's impossible in the flesh to enter into the kingdom of God by your own resources, by your own riches, by your own power. You can't do it. But with God, all things are possible. You see this great phrase in the positive and in the negative. Here is positive. With God, all things are possible. Everything's possible. Another portion of the scripture says, with God, nothing is impossible. They're telling us the same truth, but from a, the uh, perspective of possibility, and impossibility. Possibility, all things with God. All things are possible. Impossibility with God, nothing is impossible. Then Peter said to Jesus, Behold, we've left everything and followed you. What then will there be for us? <laughs> Good old impetuous Peter. Good old foot in his mouth, Peter. But he was saying what, what the disciples were thinking. You know, we've left everything. We left our jobs. We've left our families. And we're following you. What will there be for us? Is there a benefit? You know? And, and don't sit there and act like you've never thought that. Or I've never thought that. We've never thought that. Peter was just simply saying what everybody was thinking. Well, Jesus answers him. And Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, that you who have followed me, in the regeneration when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you will also sit upon 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. 
And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or children or farms for my name's sake will receive many times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. So Jesus deals with two things. He deals with the uh, 12, the 12 disciples, what we call the apostles specifically. And he says, you know what? When it comes to the regeneration, that's an interesting phrase. And what does that word mean? Let me click on right here. Mm, that means renewal, regeneration, okay? He says, and when this all didn't done, uh, didn't done, when it's all said and done, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, then you will sit upon 12 thrones. That's how we know that he's talking to the 12 that followed with him, okay? And then the whole Judas thing, he gets replaced after Judas does his thing. And that you're going to be judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And then he says, and everyone else who has left houses or brothers, everyone else will inherit eternal life. Everybody will receive back many, many times more than what they have given up. But he gave them a word of warning. The many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. And you chase that around in the scripture, you start getting more and more detail about the timing and how things are going to happen. So he's encouraging the disciples. He's exhorting the disciples. Hey, don't worry. You're going to receive a lot more for following me right now, but it's going to be in a different kind of way. We'll look more at this in chapter 20 in the next episode. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you then. Goodbye.